Welcome to For What It's Worth, introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom, now in its 10th glorious season. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. I'm a horrible person. You leave stuff laying around? I'm a really bad person. Pull that record. We're done. Abort. And we are back for another episode of For What It's Worth. Hey guys, I got uh, Nuka and Rue with me here today. Hello. How's Calling it going? in all the way from Canada. <laughs> Our long distance representative. My to your token Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Sammy, Gotta, Sammy, why what? did you drag us here together? Uh, cause that's what you tell me to do. I'm. I mean, I. You're. Guess. You're the one who ha who got me doing this, so this is your fault. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I do these types of things. Is drag people into doing podcasting things, especially when I never knew what a podcast was, so that's many okay. eons ago. This is a podcast. You guys told me this was radio. <laughs> I mean, it's just a radio talk show, right? Anyway. Oh, well, I guess I'll start with, you know, what's been going on. It's been kind of a minute. Um, so, I mean, life's been kind of boring. Uh, let's see, we moved. Just before the end of last year, we're still working on unpacking the house. That's a slow but kind of steady process. I hate unpacking. I also hate packing. I also hate moving. Does every part of this is awful for you? Yeah, every part of it is awful. Um, and then we had to get our upstairs shower like the walls all redone because whoever installed the walls for that shower did not do it properly and water got behind oh yeah shit. so it got all damaged and it was all moldy and they didn't use the proper materials they used like regular drywall and so we got our shower over the last week week and a bit We've Wait, you mean you don't our... just do drywall and put wallpaper on it? No. Oh. I mean, you can if you want mold in your house. <laughs> that's how you get mold. And that's how you get mold. Yeah, so we've been having contractor, uh, contractor come in and do all that. It's done now. Thankfully, it looks very nice, but God, that's such a headache. And of course, insurance wouldn't cover it, so we had to pay it all out of pocket. Why wouldn't insurance pay for it? Was it because it wasn't there? It was there before? Well, they claim because we are the, the policy is so new, you know, we've only lived in the house like a month, well, month and a half. They're like, well, we, you can't prove that the water damage wasn't there before you moved in. I was like, are you shitting me? That's bullshit. Hmm. So, yeah. I was like, it, only happened because we were using the shower regularly that's how the water was getting behind the wall because the shower but oh well it's done now but and then other than that just being 
trying to play games and enjoy life a little bit. Been playing. I got Pokemon Scarlet for Christmas. Ooh. Been playing that. And then we've been back on Valheim, checking out all the new stuff for the Mistlands. So, anyway, that's enough about me. What about you, Nuka? What have you been up to? It's been a minute. It has been, yeah. Um, God, I'm trying to remember what, what we mentioned or what I talked about last time. Um, it, recently, I guess, for me, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get my feet wet uh, into the prospect of homeownership. I've uh, finally taken the plunge. My roommates and I are looking for houses right now. We've been searching for about a month, month and a half. We got like really specific things we're looking for, which makes it kind of hard to, sure. to find a house. Like we, we need five bedrooms because there's three of us and two of us want an office. And so as soon as you ask for a five bedroom house, it suddenly dramatically limits the uh, housing market. We want something sort of close to the university that I'm at because I don't drive. So being able to walk or bike is nice. Right. So uh, we're, we're being a little bit finicky in what we're looking for. So it's slowing down the process. We did end up putting an offer down on a house uh, last week, but turns out uh, we got beaten out by another offer. So mm -hmm. yeah, trying to keep that stick on the ice and, and stick with it. Hopefully we'll get something soon. We got another uh, house viewing or two this weekend. So that's uh fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, good luck. I know it's uh both Rue and I know it's a, it's a process like, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's... When we were when we were trying to buy the house we have now, we were actually going to buy another house um, before this one. And we had to walk away from the other house because the people wouldn't work with us. So just it's, uh, it's a bit of a waiting game at times, but I'm sure you'll find something. And it's, oh, man, is it terrifying, too? The uh, mm. the when I when I first put down the offer, I'm like, I, I realized I'm like, this piece of paper is committing me to like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. I'm like, good God, it's I've never had this much debt before and kind of shaky as I'm making myself sign it. Yeah. So it's it's a little scary, even if, you know, I'm, I'm confident that this is what I want to do. It's a little scary. Oh, yeah. It's a big thing. It is. It is. But you know what? Buying a home versus taking your money and throwing it into a fire. Or yeah. Throwing it into somebody else's pockets. Yeah. I mean, I understand that homeownership has its pluses and it has its minuses. You know, something happens. Like, for instance, what happened to Sammy? You know, bad. It's up to Sammy. Sammy can't call the landlord and be like, hey, uh, you have mold in your. Yeah. My shit's fucked. Come you fix to, it. You have to take care of this. You know, I, I live here. So you you are the landlord. You yeah. are the person that has to take care of it yourself. And that can be a little bit hard. But what's nice is it, it you're able to gain equity. You're able to. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely worth it. It's just a little stress inducing. That's all. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. And the... then. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the process is what's stressful. Once you're kind of in and settled, it's not so bad. It's yeah. just getting there. And then beyond that, I've had time for some gaming. So uh, I think I might have mentioned that time I was playing a game called Neon White. I beat Neon White and absolutely loved it through and through. Uh, I struggled a little bit to find sort of the next game that I was interested in, but eventually I settled on uh, one called Fights in Tight Spaces, which is actually crazy fun. Uh, it's like a deck. If you pick like a tick Slay the Spire, like a deck building game like Slay the Spire and smash it together with like um XCOM or like um into the breach like where it's like all about movements on a towel combine those two things together it was a fun little indie game and i loved it so i would recommend it to anyone who 
finds that combination of uh, genres appealing. Awesome. That's cool. How about you, Rue? What have you been up to? I have been playing a game. I just barely finished a game called Grounded. Um, Grounded, it's 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 pretty fun. I mean, honestly, it's uh, basically a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids survival game. So you have oh yeah, I remember you mentioning that yeah, yeah, gigantic spiders and you're trying to run around and craft it's co-op, right? stuff and yeah, you play it with four other people. That's the one downfall of it is that you can only play with four people at a time. Hmm. Um, really, I think that the game should have at least maybe two more people that you could play it with, but it's just it's it's fun. So I highly recommend it. Um, it's it's just it was just a fun little adventure to to play with friends and um, and yeah. I also, so, I also just realized from you mentioning that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's an old ass reference now that I think about it. Like to me, I grew up with that, but I'm like, oh my god, like no one today is gonna know what that's referring to. And this and oh, and no. I don't and I don't know what equivalents. I'm like, I don't know of any other movie that has a similar. I mean, ant-man like uh, what's another movie that has a premise uh, of like I mean, very sorry. small i like ant-man no. but but you're right yeah no you're right on that for sure yeah so it just thought just hit me like oh i'm like no one no one today knows what that movie is like no kids uh, today know what that movie is you know what google it yeah go- google absolutely it and learn and watch classic Honey cinema kiddos yeah <laughs> um and then i recently I uh, came across uh, a suit that doesn't have an owner, and I'm in the you process of... You just found it of, somewhere? Well, it's my significant other's brother that decided he really wanted to get a Lucario suit. and um, So I've been, I've been testing it out and determining whether or not that I'm going to own a Lucario suit or not, but it's a, it's a pretty... It, it's cool, it's unique, but the, the bodysuit doesn't fit me. <laughs> basically it looks like um i'm a child that uh, lucario's like in a child suit kind of like the um it, you know the two children that are like stacked up to, on top of each so other three children in a trench a, coat yeah three children in a trench coat. two goblins in a trench coat <laughs> i basically look like so- something like that so i don't know i think it's just more or less i'm gonna probably purchase the suit just so then that way i have an extra suit to use in you know, charity events, different things like that. You know, there's going to be some, because Lucario is actually, you know, uh, you go to a charity event and you help out at a charity event. And it's more or less that you're just, you're just a fox basically for, for me or your dog or basically like that. But being able to have a, a suit that's of a character yeah, but then again, maybe that's gonna run me into legality type stuff. I don't, I don't know. I'm not doing it for money, you know. So, but needless to say, going out and suiting at a charity event and being Lucario, it's kind of like, hey, I know, I know who Lucario is, and yeah. people will run up, and it's a recognizable thing. So, I'm trying to make that de- decision. I already have a couple friends that they've tried it on, and they're like, you better purchase that suit. <laughs> So. I still say if you do, just uh, get a secondary bodysuit made that actually fits you. Yeah, I possibly could do something like that. Yeah, and then, and then you'd 
then you'd have multiple bodies, and then multiple people can wear it depending on what's going on. That's true. That's true. Speaking of a snack like Lucario, I'm, uh, <laughs> he said, segueing effortlessly. Fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm, Professional. I'm, I'm feeling for some kind of, I don't know, biscuits or cracker or maybe a cookie of sorts. Uh, well, uh, guess what? Not prepared. He's not prepared. I am not prepared. You guys are going to stall. So what I'm going to have you do We're is nailing this. I want you to say just a random word, A through Z. And just, you know, both of you have to switch in between. So Sammy, you start with A. And then Nuka, you start with B. So I'll be right back. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, Anaconda. Bananaconda. <laughs> Uh, cartoon. Dartoon. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's our lovely cookie for the day. You are always welcome in any gatherings in bed with a cookie. That's so you, just go under the orgy. Basically, you're always welcome in any gatherings in bed with a cookie. All right. Well, thank you for those lovely words of wisdom, Rue. We will. Take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with our main topic in just a few minutes. go right into this topic it's gonna be um like we're gonna just just get it out we're gonna get out of the closet we're gonna tell everybody so what is today's topic sammy well today's topic was actually suggested by one of the listeners so you know i thought it would be a good topic to cover to cover since people actually want to hear about it um so today's topic, it's kind of a little deep, so, you know, it's not going to all be silly, I guess. Um, but the topic's about the moment you knew, and this is regarding, um, you know, LGBTQ plus folks. Basically, you know, the moment you realize, eh, maybe you're not quite as straight or maybe you know, quite fall under the, the heteronormative umbrella that uh, society thinks everybody is. So, um, could be a little bit more of an emotional topic. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. I think uh, we're going to start off strong um, with an email. Uh, would you mind reading that for us, Rue? Sure. Who's that from? Uh, it's from Ara, who's actually the one who suggested the topic. Well, first of all, thank you, Ara, for suggesting this topic. I think that 
Um, you know, we would love to hear more suggestions. The main thing is, is we just want to make sure that we're we're providing what you guys want to hear. And a majority of time times, it's just like, what do we want to talk about? Spin the wheel of topics, turn, turn, turn. So it's great to be able to hear from people. Um, so if you have a topic suggestion, you know, feel free to share that with us. Um, so here is what he sent in. Greetings for what it's worth cast and any guest, the podcast listener out and podcast listeners out there. This is Ara, the um, pharmacist Wusky. I hope that you are all doing well. I'm delightfully surprised to see that one of my suggestions was accepted for the podcast topic. I'm glad that I can contribute to the show in some small way. I have been a Wusky fur for 22 years now, yet only a part of the LGBT community for about 20 I had my share of crushes on girls when I was a pup and growing up through grade school. I admit that I was awkward and not very good at expressing myself or my feelings in a great graceful way. I was the note guy. The whole, I think I like you. Um, do you like me? And then the whole check yes or check no deal. I never learned. Um, never had myself an IRL girlfriend due to that awkward phase that um, that kind of still follows me around sometimes. But I did have a few girlfriends over MSN Messenger. Um, those that remember that, oh, those that remember that get a special bonus point from me. Absolutely. My first uh, partner was on MSN Messenger. So I really MSN Messenger. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Yep. Now, I spent a lot of time chatting with furs on Messenger, but I also found a space on an old website that is now known as So Furry, the story and artwork site. I spent a lot of time browsing through stories and talking to other furs. I found myself um, gravitating towards the romantic and fantasy stories. So in other words... <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I'll keep reading. At first, it was all standard uh, straight stories. But every so often, I would look into the male and bisexual couples. I would typically find their stories much more interesting. And over time, I drifted towards reading only stories that featured two males. When I come to in-person attraction around the start of high school, I had no interest in girls, but certain guys at the school would catch my eye every now and then. And I got a friend. Um, I got friends with I, I got to be friends with many of them. I didn't act on any attraction, but I could feel it and knew they were there. A very natural, easy and right. Oh, it felt natural, easy and right. After long, not long after. I started getting into relationships with male furs online and they had a tendency to last pretty long. Six months here, a year there, four years here, seven years there. Now over time and with learning more about myself from somebody very special to me, 
I considered myself a cis male, demi homo romantic, and demi homosexual. For the second pivotal moment, I. I am one of the lucky furs that have managed to come out to family and friends and have a good experience. I remember that I was around 24 or 25 and I was leaving on a trip to Vegas with my dad and his new wife for the week. My mom was driving me over. I had been thinking of telling somebody in particular, my mom for quite some time. Um, I mentioned one I mentioned one of her coworkers she used to work with. I remember she had mentioned was gay several times while talking about her job. When I asked if she remembered him, she said yes. And I took a deep breath and I said, well, I am too. It was quiet in the car for about 20 minutes as she thought and said, well, to tell you the truth, I kind of knew. I'm your mom. It doesn't change who you are as a person. She then proceeded to ask me if I was seeing anybody or if I had any, if I'd been on any dates. It was nice, simple, little conversation. She dropped me off and had me hug her before she left. It was a very vivid memory. And I still appreciate that she did that. Before this email gets very, very long, I'll go ahead and stop here. I wish my best for, for what it's worth crew. And as always, I look forward to the next episode. Thank you for all your hard work. Awesome. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that's a nice story. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, sometimes it's not always a good time to tell tell a parent um, well um you know just to to give you some you know just to talk a little bit about the email i think that, that was very well put so thank you so much for sharing that i mean it's really hard to to share some of these personal stories but i think that they're so um they're they're what's needed you know to be i, I think a lot of people they have that fear of rejection and not being able to be accepted. So I think it's amazing that, you know, that your parents had that particular reaction. And I also think that it's great that you actually had, have the, um, the knowledge that, you know, not all of us got that reaction at, like you did. So I think that you have an amazing mom. That sounds, sounds great. And I'm glad that you had such a positive experience. It's nice too, to see that, um, like one of the things as a person who studies the furry fandom, um, it's nice to see that the, the, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like the, um, the f fandom content sort of helped with that discovery, right? Cause, uh, from the sounds of it, um, so something that, that prior to that moment, you know, there's still that kind of, oh, just kind of assuming heteronormativity, right? You grew up heteronormative culture. You just kind of assume that straight is the default. And it wasn't until exploring through, in this case, literature, you know, just, just being aware that oh yeah there's this other possibility right and and it may never have even dawned on you until that moment to even consider something else and then stumbling upon it through furry and having sort of the safe space of furry fantasy to be able to like well you know it's what's the harm that comes from just sort of reading the story it's just a story right 
gives you kind of that first initial play space to to tinker around with some of these ideas and say, oh, well, maybe maybe this fits. So it's kind of neat to see in sort of a nice detailed description there how I think that that plays out and how I would have hypothesized that for a lot of furries, this sort of comes about right in the space where you're allowed to explore these ideas. So, Sammy. Yes. I have a question for you. Okay. What was your early indication that you might be attracted to the same sex? Um, so this was goodness gracious. Uh probably when I was like 13, 14, maybe, I don't know. Um I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit in other episodes, but, you know, I grew up with, um, with religious parents, so I would go to church every week because I had to, and then we would do church activities and, um, all that good stuff, um, you know, back then. And for those that don't, haven't heard this on the show before or, or things like that, um, so I'm a transgender man, so... Back when I was a young teen, I, you know, would have to go to the girls' events and, you know, do all the stuff with the the young women's and whatnot. So, um, I actually, yeah, about probably 13 or so, I ended up getting a pretty big crush on one of the older girls um, in my church class. And, um... It was funny because it was like, I kind of knew, like, I understood what it was. Like, hey, I like you. You know, I want to be around you kind of thing. Um, but with the upbringing I had, I had no, like, terminology for it. I didn't, you know, it wasn't really like a, well, you know, this is gay, this is straight, this is bi, this is, you know, this, that. It was, you know, you just... the all it was ever told was, you know, you have to have a marriage between a man and a woman, and that's it. So it was definitely one of those where it was like, I like this person. I know I like this person. I know I want to spend time with this person. Um, but I had no way of, like, being able to express that to them, to anyone else. So um, it's definitely one of those where it's like, wow. If I knew a little bit more back then, what I know now, maybe it'd be a little different, but, you know, it, it kind of changes things for sure. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting thing to, uh, you know, and it's one of those where early, you know, early, early, early internet days, so it wasn't as easy to find things sometimes and, you know, had to kind of flounder around and try to be subtle that I liked this person. They never cut on. <laughs> as far as I know, anyway. Well, I had a very, very similar upbringing as you did, Sammy. I mean, overall, what, um, you know, I was raised in the in the LDS church. You know, I live here in good old USA, or Utah. Utah. <laughs> good old USA, Utah. Yeah. And, um... So therefore, you know, majority of people here in Utah are are from 
that particular faith or have some sort of background. By no means do I want to say everybody here is, but majority of people have had, have either been raised in it or have, you know, somehow been influenced adjacent to it or yeah. adjacent to it. Um, so for me, um, I didn't really know what, what it was there. There were things in life that, you know, I was, I was growing up like, um, for example, one memory that I remember is we were sitting down for a family prayer and there was this one time that my dad would like, we'd always like hug and kiss each other as family. And then there was one day that my dad said, no, that I couldn't give him a, a hug and a kiss. And I was like, well, why? Like, I, that was just so weird to me. And, you know, as I was growing up, there were certain things like I noticed I had a hard time, like, because I was embarrassed. Um, like, I didn't want to go to the like if I went to the men's restroom, I would I would go into one of the stalls or different things like that because I was, you know, I was just so fearful and I felt guilty um and embarrassed. I, I and I had all these certain feelings. And I didn't know why I felt the way that I did. And um, you know, as as you grow older, you learn about different things. And I'll be honest, I don't have a one hundred percent like this is the defining moment that I knew. Um, and I wish that there was, you know, that I could pinpoint and say this is when I found out. Um, and all the pieces aligned. I just think that what happened for me is that I had all these little pieces that happened and I couldn't, un I didn't understand why. And I, I just didn't, I, I felt lost and I didn't feel like that I had this particular direction. I, I felt like I was missing a piece of, of the puzzle along the way while I was growing up. And, you know, my family, they're, they're highly religious and, you know, they would talk negatively about, you know, gay people. And, you know, I, I had those feelings too, because what happened is I grew up and I was taught that, you know, that those people are bad people, you know, and, you know, I had a friend that came out to me and at that particular time, like I felt very close to this person and I, I was so much into, and, and again, it's not about, I was so much into the religion that I would no longer became friends with that person. I, I was so much into my faith that I could not see and I didn't want to see because I knew that if I looked into that mirror too closely, I would be staring back in that. You'd see mirror. yourself. And I would see myself. And so anything that was close to it, I stared away from it. And so, you know, it was it was only until, you know, later on in in life that I that I only until I started like really getting involved in the furry fandom itself that, you know, I finally, I found this game called second life <clears throat> and I was like, you know what? The second life, it's a video game. 
it's a game. I can be whatever I want to be. And it's okay. So to me, that was my um, introduction is, you know, I, I had a place to be able to go that didn't have any of these. To me, at that point, I didn't feel like that there was any repercussions of me being in a gay relationship. So when I got my first mate, to me, I'm like, sure, whatever. It's a game, you know, I'll, I'll be your mate in here as long as I'm still, you know, I go to church and doesn't count in a video game. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you don't go to what stays in Vegas or what, what's what in happens Vegas in second in of life stays in second life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that kind of gave me a little bit more of a segue to to being able to help me feel comfortable to explore stuff without having to feel the shame and the guilt that had been so ingrained in my um, in my upbringing and in my life. So that so it was sort of if I'm understanding correctly, it was sort of all. It was kind of there under the surface, but you weren't sort of willing to accept it or confront it. But the, some some part of you may have suspected earlier on that maybe something was was different. Yes. So when people say I always knew, I can't honestly say that I always knew. But at the same time, I, I can say that I did always know. You know, I just didn't want to admit it. Well, sometimes it's a little bit of compartmentalizing to be like, all right, I need to be able to survive day to day and I'm going to have to figure that out on a on a later day kind of thing. Um, so it, it's, it's also self-preservation. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, if you know that the, the people around you and those you're with majority of the time, especially when you're young and you don't have a lot of way or ability to be on your own or spend time by yourself, you know, you've got to, you know, you, and they're, and they're against this thing that you're like, wait a minute, I don't under, you know, when you, and you feel like you can't ask about it. It definitely makes it difficult to be able to be like, to have a chance to sit and, you know, figure it out and talk to somebody about it. It was it was only until that I had that solid support from my friends that I had gained in the furry community that I finally was able to say, yeah, that's that's who I am. And then I was comfortable with taking the next step and having my first first boyfriend. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I didn't tell my parents. I've never walked out of the closet ever you know i just i i guess i just was so fearful that's okay i didn't get to walk out i got found out yeah i got found out as well yeah all right nuka we've been talking a lot what about what about you you got any any deep insights uh it's weird it's um like so my story isn't like super remarkable or anything but it's i guess maybe remarkable in that it highlights, I think, a problem that I've sort of felt with the LGBT community for a little while. Um, and that's the issue of sort of 
buy or pan erasure and i guess mm. um to, to back up um so uh, to, to to not to to tread too much on a common theme here i was raised in a catholic family not super super devout um but enough that like you know i was raised you know adam and eve not adam and steve right and from a young age, and it was never like gay hating or anything like that it was just like um it was just gay was that thing you joked about like i grew up in a small town as well right so like i there were as far as i knew there were like no gay people in the town that i grew up in um it was gay was that just that thing you called your friend on the playgrounds uh you know it was laughed about kind of chuckled about for a joke but like you know no one was seriously gay that we knew about right and again i went to a catholic school but um it wasn't super super fire and brimstoney again it was kind of one of the only real schools in the the, the town or whatever to go to so it's just everyone was kind of there by default. Um, so we didn't take it too, too seriously. But heteronormativity was really, it, it, it's a bitch, right? So, you know, just when when you're just grown up and all you sort of see and know is heteronormativity, right? It just, I just kind of, it never even entered into my head the possibility that I could possibly be anything but straight. Like, of course, you're straight. You're a guy. You just like girls. That's just, you know, nothing was forced down my throat. It's just, that's just what everyone was as far as I knew. And so I went through all of like, you know, uh, high school, uh, never even entertaining the possibility that anything could be anything else could could be possible with me. Right. I, thought, I like girls. I've dated girls, uh, you know, so of course you're straight. And you never, never dawned on me to question it. And I think I got my first crush on a guy in college. So I, I'm probably a little later to the party than a lot of folks here. Uh, but, you know, I get into college undergrad. <clears throat> And again, I'm still convinced I'm straight or whatever, but uh, um, I started hanging out with hippies. And if you hang out with hippies uh, for a while, um, you just start- I love, baby. You start questioning everything, right? You know, so I started becoming, um, that's where I became uh, polyamorous. And I learned about polyamory and I'm like, oh man, this thing that I took as a given, I just assumed monogamy was just what people did and I didn't even entertain the idea that polyamory could be a thing. I'm like, well, this sweet, okay. So I started opening my mind to just other possibilities. Um, and then, uh, I had a friend who got me into the furry fandom. He was, a uh, when I was in college, I don't know if people have heard the story or not, but if you haven't to briefly summarize, um, a friend of mine in college, I was working on a project with who was a furry. I didn't know he was a furry, uh, but I had a background on my laptop that was furry and he goes, Oh, you're a furry. I'm like, Oh, what's a furry. And he showed me his laptop had this, uh, a furry background. He dragged me out to furry conventions and that was my, my foray into the fandom. Um, but very quickly, like as soon as I kind of encountered furries, like, man, there's a lot of a lot of those a lot of gay folks here. OK. And it was like as soon as I had that interaction with with the LGBTQ community, it was like experiencing for the first time. Hey, by the way, you there's something else besides straight. And it was like having that awareness. I'm like, oh, OK, interesting. No, I, that that's a thing you can be. Um, I didn't think again, I, I was so convinced that I was straight at that point. I'm like, okay, that's not for me though. But then I noticed like, oh, yeah, I got, I'm, I'm really good friends with this guy who got me into furry. Right. And, and he's kind of cute. And I'm like, oh man, like, you know, if, if, if things were different and circumstances were different, you know, maybe I'd go on a date with him. Right. Kind of a weird thought to have. And I didn't think much of it. I thought, okay, well, it's just this one guy. I'm not, I'm not gay or anything. This is, this one guy is the exception, right? It's, it's, I'm straight. But also this one guy's the exception. Okay. Then fast forward to graduate school, you know, I meet another guy uh, through the furry fandom. He's really, really, you know, awesome and, you know, really cute. We you know, cuddle a lot. I'm like, oh, like, okay. 
All right, well, two guys. Okay, it's, it's two guys, two exceptions. Everything else is, is is straight. I'm definitely not. And to be honest, that's kind of just been the story of my life, right? For, for the longest time, it was just like, okay, I'm straight. But there was this one guy, but then all this other guy and this other guy as well. And there's this other guy. And at some point, I, there wasn't ever really a time. And, and to some extent, I still feel this quandary of like, okay, like how how gay do you have to be to not be straight, right? And it's like, okay, so like, you know, if, if you sleep with one guy, but you have a track record of being with girls, right? Are you are you gay enough to be uh, on, on, you know, to be part of LGBTQ community? Are you still straight in their eyes? And I never really got a satisfactory answer to that. At some point along the way, I finally kind of said, fuck it, I'm bi, or nowadays it's pan. Uh, but, you know, at the time I was using the term bi, and I, was like, I guess, you know, fuck it, I'm bi, no one gets to decide that for me. But I feel like I confidently used, at some point I, I gained the confidence to finally start using that term. But I always kind of, you know, even to this day, and it's that insecurity at feeling like someone's going to call me on it. Someone's going to be like, well, looking at your track record here, checking your receipts, I see that you've uh, had more serious relationships with girls than with boys. So I guess uh, someone's overusing that term bisexual. Hmm? Like so, <laughs> and that's that's kind of how I felt, right? So I'm always a little, you know, you may have noticed I don't really talk about my sexual orientation uh, anywhere in public because I, I guess there's that insecurity about feeling like, you know, uh, uh, am I, uh, am I, am I sufficiently interested in guys to, to warrant being considered pan? And I, I do identify as pan, but man, the, the insecurity there, the fact that you I hang out with LGBTQ people a lot now, like it's basically my whole life, but still feeling, oh, am I a fraud? Am I, am I trying to, you know, get into this community that I don't belong in, you know? Um, yeah, so it's, there's never a moment, but it's always been this kind of like murky gray. I don't even know if I'm, if I get to call myself there yet. Right. No, I, I get that 100%. I, I started off as I'm straight. I'm straight as the gate. I was straight as the part in my hair. 100%. <laughs> like, um, and then I was like, well, you know, I'm bi, right? Because bi is kind of like the, the safe you know type thing a hedge and then i was like no i'm totally gay 100 percent only guys only guys all the time and then i was like well you know what maybe i am bi because you know i do like you know things here and there and then i'm just like you know what you know what the term is now where the needle sits is hetero let's see homo flexible that's the term for me currently you know, the needle might change, you know, next week, but yeah, well, that's where that, it's currently landing. That's one of the things with it. It's like, you know, even, you know, we say gay, straight, bi, whatever. It's it's flexible for everybody. Like, there's, it's always, some people are like, yes, this is what I am, and that is what I am, and I'm, that's it. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, there's, if that's, if you're able to determine, yeah, this is where I sit on this on this spectrum and I'm happy and comfortable, that is awesome. I mean, sometimes it's nice to be able to just know. Um, the funny thing is, is like, I'm in the same boat as, as you, Nuka, where I'm like, I sit pretty close to like, I'm, I'm bisexual or I'm, I'm pansexual, but then it's like, oh, well, you know, now it's like, Oh well, I you know I I married a female and now you know I've transitioned to to male, so it's like well now you're straight and it's like no I'm not, like 
it doesn't change anything. And and it's funny because like I haven't like for me crushes are like uh they're they're more of like a spread out thing. Like I don't get crushes on people super easily, but like my first two big crushes in my life that I know that it were people that I liked and and wanted to date or be with. The first one was a girl. The second one was a boy. Like it literally just went one to the other. So it's it's definitely like there's no set way of of where you have to sit to be a certain thing. And honestly, the whole thing's kind of left me sort of sour on the idea of using labels. Like uh, more often than not, like, what is my label? I'm like, fuck it, that's my label. My label is I I don't know, and I grow weary sometimes. Again, for, they work for some folks. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, I'm like you know, I I grow weary of trying to find the right term to help convey what I am, especially considering. And honestly, I love that. I love that because you are Nuka, I am Maru, and you are Sammy, and somebody else's group. But any, (laughs) and this is for what it's worth. (laughs) Yeah, the end. But like, I I mean, it's it's resonating with me too because my current partner is a lesbian. I'm dating a lesbian right now. And they're sick and tired of this, of being in the same boat, of being like, look, I'm, I'm sick of trying to justify, like, you know, identify as a lesbian. I, I've dated women my whole life. And, but also, like, now my heart is with this person right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I hate having to justify it or having to change labels or having to, you know. And so I've, for the last few years, it's been like, fuck it. That's my label. Yeah. I, I, I eschew labels. I will, whatever I'm interested in is, that's who I'm interested in. Yeah, it could change tomorrow. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right, well, let's see. We've got another email I want to get read um, before we go to our next break. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. All right. So, all right, it says, Hello, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if anyone else has thoughts about being a late bloomer and how that impacts things. I was I was single all through high Relevant. school and college. I had enough to deal with from school. I wanted to fill up my free time with golf instead of girls or boys and went through that plan every chance I could. By the time I graduated from college and had some stability in the world of full-time adulting, I tried to dip my feet in the dating pool a few times, but it always seemed like time had passed by me. I moved on to accepting that I was going to be single until the day I die. I didn't realize I'm some sort of queer until I fell in love with my boyfriend. We've now been together for about three years, and I still have episodes where things just trip me up for no good reason. And here's some examples. A. I don't really, I don't really relate to or fit into any of the stereotypes. My voice doesn't get mistaken for a woman's when I make a phone call uh, or make people wonder what my sexual orientation is. Uh, think Clawhauser from Zootopia or Las-, Las Vegas icon, liberant Charles Nelson Riley, most notably in his appearances on Match Game. To some extent, I still frown upon men being flamboyant. I hardly ever go to gay bars. I never want. I never wanted to work in the entertainment industry. And now that COVID-related restrictions are almost gone where I live, I am confident I can skip the local Pride Festival every summer and feel like I didn't miss anything. I've also never been a snappy dresser. B. 
it seems like I'm too macho to be queer. I'm a big-time sports fan to the point that undesired results have been... Uh, let's see. I'm a big-time sports fan to the point that undesired results have been, and on occasion might continue to be, negative influences on my well-being. My job is primarily outdoor, and there are times where it can be physically demanding. I disdain lots of things that could make me, make me be seen as a wimp, unmanly, or effeminate. And C. It seems I'm too heteronormative to be queer. In addition to the previous points, other aspects of my life fit into this. I golf a lot. I never have and probably never will put any sort of stickers or decals on my car. This might mostly strongly apply to pride-related ones for the purpose of this episode. Uh, I regularly go to church. Uh, nothing in my wardrobe references queer culture. All through school, I was never involved with the Gay-Straight Alliance. My main alcoholic beverages of choice are hands-down beer and liquor. Hardly any of my favorite musicians are known for being queer or having a big presence within the queer community. The only two that come to mind are Sir Elton John and the Village People. But on the other paw, straight men even have members. Or on the other paw, straight men have been members of the Village People, and that, along with lyrics that wouldn't have instantly recognized as references to gay culture at least in the 70s, allowed some of their songs to cross over into and become staples of mainstream heteronormative culture. Wondering if I'll ever stop playing catch-up. Zane. So it, it sounds like um, Zane's kind of getting caught up in sort of stereotypes about uh, queer culture or about gay, gay people in particular. Um, and so, so eschewing notions of, uh, you know, femininity or like the, the, you know, oh, the limp wrist, wristed, speak with a lisp, very soft, effeminate, you know, um, and I think it's, it's worth recognizing that even though that that's sort of the stereotype of the gay man, for example, that, uh, there, that, that's not a, a neither necessary nor, uh, uh, um, sufficient feature for, for being gay, uh, despite the stereotypes, there are plenty of, um, you know, very macho gay guys who go out and, you know, lumberjacks and, you know, build houses, drink beer and watch sports. There are entire gay sports leagues, right, uh, for fun where, where you know, gay men go out and play football and, you know, it's not uh, not at all effeminate. So I think I can understand falling into the, the stereotype and say, well, I don't match that stereotype. Therefore, maybe I don't belong in that group. Yeah, um, I'm, but recognize it for what it is, a stereotype. I'm, I'm going to assume, and this is just an assumption, that. Um, Zane, it might be around our age, um, because I feel like the the stereotypes he is talking about is a very like '90s, like almost sitcommy, um, you know, hey, hey, you know, to yeah. obviously, yeah, gay best yeah uh, to yeah. obviously make somebody, you know, gay, or, or you know, just to show super obviously that they're not straight in some way, um. But in all those things, there's no one way. There's not like a outline of this is what you have to do to be queer. Um, it's, you know, there's no, um, you know, set rule that says you can't be a gay man and love golf. You, you know, it's that you can't be a gay man and love, you know, 
hiking and being outdoors and and you know wanting to have your your beer on the weekend um and i do think with time that's changing i think of the 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 simple sort of stereotypes as as we're starting to to realize there's more nuance and and um variation in the lgbtq plus community we're realizing that a lot of these stereotypes sort of break down when you get to know more and more people and hey there's there's a variety of people who are gay <laughs> definitely i mean i i think that the last part that he says i wonder if i'll ever stop playing catch up i think you're already there the main thing is is i mean it's all within yourself you know um just being accepting of who you are you know, that's that's the only thing that I would say, you know, that, that you could take that next step is, is is that you are where you are currently and that's OK. You know, there is no rule book of how, you know, somebody is gay and it's just it's just you are who you are. So you like and no one gets to decide that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And nobody, you know, you're interested in what you're interested in. That's just what you're interested in. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't let the stereotypes uh, get in your way. And by no means am I saying that you need to go buy a pride sticker. Um, I think that it's, you know, it's it's your comfort level. And, and you know what? You may find that there are some people out in the LGBTQ community that they're like, they may be shocked by that. They might be like, Oh, you don't own a rainbow flag. Oh, oh my, you know, and, and that there is some people out in the community that are like that. 100%. I've met some people like that. Um, I, for myself, I don't put stickers on my car. It's not that I'm not, um, that I don't, you know, that I don't celebrate those things. I'm just, I'm careful about what I do. And it's just only recently that I went to Disney and got uh, a pride stitch um, little thing and put it on my backpack. Other than that, I don't think that you see hardly any rainbow stuff in my house. Uh, I mean, you, you see st some stuff, but stuff that I wear, you don't see rainbow stuff. And it's not because I'm not supportive. Um, it's just I'm, I'm careful. I am still careful. And that's just for myself. Um, I don't necessarily feel like that everybody needs to know my business. And um, that's just my comfort level. But I think it's great, you know, the people that are out there that, that want to celebrate, that want to wear the, the pride flag on, on themselves and, and run around in the streets. If that's what gives you happiness, go for it 100%. I also wanted to mention too, uh, I'm in a similar boat as you, not quite the same boat, but a similar boat and not being kind of, feeling kind of late to the party and figuring some of this stuff out. So you're definitely not alone in that one. And it's, it's, it's a constant adventure, you know, it's, I feel like for most people, and this is just for most people in general is as you grow up and as you grow older, um, you're going to be always discovering something about yourself, something about maybe people around you. Um, things change and people change and that's not a bad thing, you know. It's it's how we take that change and how we how we um treat ourselves and how we treat others. 
Um, but I think with that, we are the section, uh, this part of the show has actually run a little long, so we're going to take a, a break and we're going to hit the bathrooms, get some water, and um, we'll be back um, after the break to read a few more emails and talk a little more. Hey there, folks. Do you know what the FCC is? Neither do we. But apparently, they require us to let people know every so often just what the heck they're listening to. We call these little segments where we tell people that they're listening to it for what it's worth iDents. And we need your help to make them more interesting. God knows you don't need to be listening to any more of our voices. So if you've got a good radio voice, or even just an interesting voice, or just a voice, or if you want to add your own bit of quirkiness to the show, uh, just send us a recording of you telling folks uh, who you are and that they're listening to for what it's worth. You can email those idents to us directly uh, or send them to us through SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash FWIW. And you might just hear yourself in the next episode. Technology, it's wacky, right? Thank you to our Patreons. You make this happen. Rictus, Lifus, 10X. Ashton Sergal, Nuka, Bubble Whip, Chap Hogarth, Aussie, Black Baldrick, Ligris, Tyre, Ichigo Okami, Guardian Lion, Rifka. And welcome back. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, it. I'm just gonna say it. No, uh, we didn't go anywhere. It's a lie. We've been talking this entire time. We've been pretending there was like ads and 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 some kind of a break there. Or, interstitials there was nothing we, we've just been talking this whole time and we've been lying to you and i'm so sorry for it but don't, someone has to cut through the bullshit no don't I'm tell them it. our secret stop it I'm going rogue i'm doing nuka. it fuck you all <laughs> nuka okay nuka i'm i'm talking your pay that's sharing our secrets so we're back <laughs> oh, um, oh oh yeah yeah uh, so yeah, I figured, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to jump into, is this has been one of those topics where we actually get emails. We've been, uh, uh, experiencing a, a, a relative dearth of emails, these past few topics. And we've just had a, a just the opposite for this. So I'll, uh, I'll jump into another one here from Ashton. So Ashton says, hello, cast and crew. I figured this would be a good episode to write in on seeing as I had a little bit of a turnaround in my orientation. To start from the beginning, I was raised in a household in which it was taught that straight was right and gay was wrong. That was my view on it for a while until high school, when I met someone who was bisexual. 
and became friends. His name was Max, and he introduced me to, to the community in a way that the LGBT uh, promotions did not, as they often tended to push me away with their explanations. Through him, I learned that there was more to it and started to research and ask more questions about it. What it was like, how do I know if I am, etc. Later on, I also discovered furry through him and another friend, which intrigued me greatly. Leaning into the furry fandom gave me an even better grasp of the whole of the LGBTQ community and found people open and accepting, along with many things I didn't even know existed. At this point in time, I identify as pansexual with a heavy preference for guys, so I often tell folks I'm homosexual, and it's more commonly understood. Diving into the fandom and the umbrella of LGBTQ actually kind of seemed to soften uh, me up almost, and over time had a much more positive view on the world. I believe at this time it's because I associate with many people that fall both under the uh, that fall under both uh, furry and LGBTQ and I found typically they are kind and understanding folks, a sharp contrast to my highly divided and conservative family. I do not know if this is an email y'all were looking for, but I found it relevant, and I hope it brings a topic of discussion or sparks a thought process. Thank you all for your time, Ashton Ellingham. No, that's awesome. Um, that's exactly what we were looking for, Ashton, so that was great. Yeah. Um, it is definitely... Um, you know, come well. Was well, nice to have a friend. Like it, yeah, it's it's nice to have someone to, uh, um, kind of show you the ropes in a way. Um, when I was in high school, um, one of my best friends in high school, um, was gay. Um, he 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 very much did not want to tell me that for a long time, but I was, dude, I don't. I don't care. And then, you know, it just, it does help that, you know, there's someone you can talk to and, and be around. And, um, it de I definitely agree with Ashton. And then the thought of like people in the LGBTQ and, and furry communities just tend to be a little more like relaxed and just kind of, you know, just ha a little happier with life. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with them on, you know, sometimes the other end of the spectrum can be a little too crass and just, they'd rather just take everybody else, take everybody out that they don't like and, and you know, then just try to be. Um, I, but I think a lot of it with that too is like, a lot of us, you know, who are in the furry fandom and things like that, it's we've been outcasts we've been you know we know what it's like to be bullied to be the person that everybody picks on or dislikes for whatever stupid reason which i think in the end helps us be more accepting to other people uh because we know what it's like to be on that other end well i do wonder how much uh the furry fandom itself helps people to to come out or to learn things about themselves like I realize with in Ashton's case, Ashton was saying that it was a friend who sort of helped work through that and introduce some of these ideas. But I think for some furries, at least, um, the fandom is kind of the first opportunity they have to not only see a large number of people, like this is finally a space where statistically, predominantly most people are LGBTQ plus in the fandom. And so it's your first confrontation that, oh, there's, there's a lot of these folks, right? We're not, you know, these, these aren't uh, anomalies. 
and also to you know to to give you a space to play with the ideas, right? So like, oh, let's try this out for myself, or maybe maybe you know, um, like Rue was saying, right? Second Life gave you a space to kind of be able to sort of try it on without having to formally take on a label, right? Yeah, it lets you do that. Yes, Rue. Oh well, you know I thank you for sending the email. It's great hearing from you. I mean, you're, I know Ashton's a long time listener, so um, it's been a little bit of time. So thank you for sending in that email. And um, I know that it took you a little bit to, to um, share some of those personal details. So I really appreciate you um, being open about it and, and sharing your, your journey. Yeah. And, you know, to, to touch back on how the fandom um really helped with that discovery it's like so um i really kind of figured out i was like all right where i'm pretty confident where i'm like all right i'm not straight i kind of i like both um i just you know i like what i like i kind of figured all of that out um in high school i i spent a lot of time after hours at school um, because my high school was out of my, like, district where I should have been going to high school, um, but because my father worked in the other school district, I was able to get into another high school, um, which was good because of issues with students and stuff, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, but with that, it meant that I would end up after school, at school after hours, waiting for my dad, um, cause he was a teacher, you know, so he would stick around or, and have to do his stuff. So I would end up in the computer lab a lot. And I was one of those kids who's like, I'm on the computer lab computers, you know, that are being monitored, looking at stuff that's probably not appropriate for teenagers to be looking at in high school. Um, and that was a lot of how I was able to figure out, like, the different labels of things of, like, the gay, straight, bi. Also where I learned a lot about kinks and those kinds of things. Is that when you were found out or caught? No. No, I was found out by my mother, which was another nightmare of a story. Yeah, if, if anyone ever saw anything, I they never told me or, or just didn't give enough of a shit to say anything. Um, but that was also before I was in the furry fandom. Um, it's funny because after joining the furry fandom was when I figured out I was transgender. I had kind of already figured out the 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 sexuality side of it. But the furry fandom helped me find the gender side of it. So it's funny. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. If, if, if those two things sort of went hand in hand with you or if one happened sort of temporally before the other. So Yeah, yeah. So the, you know, the sexuality was, you know, kind of figured out mostly, you know, by the time I was a late, late teenager. But um, the finding out transgender was definitely, there was... The population I didn't know about, you know, in high school, and that is like, oh, I knew people that were under the the LGBT 
Hugh Umbrella, so that kind of helped with that. Um, so yeah, the fandom was what taught me that, hey, that's an option? That's a thing I can do? And it went, you know, in my head, it, it just, like, it made so much more sense. Um, being the whole, you know, thinking back now, and I look at things, and I was like, there's so much stuff that if, if I had different experiences in my early years, things, some things could have been very much different than what they were. Um, especially a lot of interpersonal relationships with, like, my parents and that would have been um, probably better. Um, there are many things you know, that would end up in arguments and things like that between especially my mother and and, and me um, because of, you know, I didn't fit the, like, the feminine picture that she wanted because I was like, I don't, I'm not comfortable in that. So it definitely, um, for me, furry, furry helped me with really discovering, like, kind of finalizing and, sol and solidifying those thoughts and feelings and being able to finally put those pieces together, make them fit properly. It's interesting. Cause I, I, I have to get asked um, by people like, Oh, there's so many LGBTQ plus and people in the furry fandom. And so get asked like does furry make people gay. And I'm always hesitant to say, like, I don't think furry makes anyone gay, uh, but I do think it's a catalyst for self-discovery, right? I don't think, you know, something about watching furry media suddenly turns a person gay or transgender. But I think with these, I think there's a lot of people, a lot more people than we'd care to to recognize in in society, um, who probably could sort of um, identify as, as as gay or transgender, um, but they just don't have the opportunity or the language or the exposure to the community or the terminology to to really real to like, again. So many of these stories have been like, oh, I didn't realize that was an option. Right. Or I didn't. Yeah. And so for like the catalyst for that, it doesn't make anyone gay, but it awakens or nurtures or give voice to something that I think is in a lot of people. Well, and it gives people a chance to talk to other people and know that they're not potentially, you know, going to be, I don't know, thrown out of their house or disowned in some way or, you know, taken to the corner and you know, have someone beat on you or whatever. You know, those are extreme examples. Um, but it definitely allows um, for people to talk and be open and ask questions and figure out, you know, with guidance and whatever they need to to find where, where they're comfortable. Um, going back to high school days um because i wasn't a furry then um a lot of my other things that i would like to do on the school computers was there was you were a, a little hellion on the school i kind of was a little bit a little bit <laughs> there's some hacker shit well i see some hackers level shit going on but maybe it was just just looking at it was just, I mean, it was, it was, it was the early 2000s they didn't know what they were doing they didn't understand that shit um, sitting there with my, my floppy disks, getting, saving stuff off the computers. 
but and the machine going with my with my like what 35 megabyte floppy disks uh anyway um there was a lovely <laughs> site i think it still exists but there was a lovely website called fanfiction.net and uh i spent a lot of time uh again during lunches after school whatever reading stuff on fanfiction.net and uh you know a lot of it was you know from stuff from like animes or shows i was watching but again it was a thing where people were exploring sexualities with these characters and it helps you go oh that's you know in other too- words you were reading smut i was reading <laughs> smut on the school computers when it asked if I was 18 or older, I said yes. You lied. I lied. <laughs> and then when I turned 18, I went, oh, I don't have to lie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, shame, shame, I know. shame, shame, shame. The FBI yeah. is listening right now and coming um, coming after you right now for your horrendous crime. Yes, I'm sure. The FBI and the Chinese weather balloon. <laughs> but the internet, I feel, has made the possibility for people to discover these things about themselves you know a little a little easier um it's made the world a little more accessible and open which i think has helped a lot uh, especially with these with these younger kids and changing societal norms like the fact you know again i was mentioning when i was when i was a kid right gay was what you called your friend on the schoolyard and you kind of giggled at it right but I think I was, call- I think it was insulting my friends and calling them gay before I actually even knew what it meant. Like, I just, gay was just an insult, just like you know, you call someone a goober or a dork, right? Like, you know, yeah, dweeb. Least, <laughs> these things, you're gay. Yeah, like, these things didn't mean anything to us except it's yeah. a thing that you didn't want to be called. But I mean, nowadays, I think uh, because we talk about it more in public discourse, more and more people know from a younger age what these things are and can point to people like this more. Um, there are more celebrities. There are, there's more talking to younger people uh, about these concepts. It's one of the reasons why I'm a huge proponent of uh, sexual education. Um, you know, it's younger folks to help them learn like these ideas, right? Uh, I can't, I can't imagine again being a 13, 14 year old and not having a vernacular for this, not even really knowing what this sort of thing means. Um, so being able to have a lot more guidance to, to younger folks, the internet being there with more talking about it in society, uh, hopefully there are fewer and fewer stories in, in, in the future of kids who just grow up not knowing that this is a thing. Make it easier to discover. Well, hey, Sammy. What? We have another email. I know, but I think Nuka wants to read it. I sure do. All right. He likes He likes reading. I like reading. I like uh, reading. I like all right. reading. So it's from, uh, I apologize, can I say, uh, Ichigo or Ichigo? Ichigo. Ichigo, okay. So Ichigo says, good evening, morning, cast, crew, and guests. For those wondering, it is evening. It is very evening mm-hmm. as we record this. Uh, I will keep it short so you don't have to read a novel on the air. Uh, for me, realizing I fall under the LGBT umbrella was a slow walk with denial and purposely avoiding all the signs. I had tried very hard to fit in and live a life that was essentially a lie and denying myself happiness. Then I slowly became comfortable with being pansexual and learning to love myself. Then came the questions about my gender and identity. 
This was, of course, another internal battle, whether I was actually trans or just someone that enjoyed cross-dressing. But after many therapist visits and thinking and talking with my wonderful fiancé, I realized I am in fact trans and to this day live as such. And honestly, now I am much happier than I have ever been in my life. No more pretending to be male for approval, I find my approval through myself and being myself. As far as the world around me, I have a very different view of the world than before. But then again, most people are growing up and maturing. I'm more passionate about LGBT rights and the civil liberties certain people here in the US seem hellbent on destroying. In fact, I have made it my career in law. Being female has also taught me many things and changed my opinions, but that's a whole other subject. Lol. Uh, anyway, or any whore, uh, I hope y'all are doing well, and I hope to see you all at BLFC this year. Sincerely, from the heart of Atlanta, Ishiko Okami, uh, doctor, oh, doctor of law. I like that, doctor of law. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, that's being able to study and hopefully make something you're passionate about um a career and a long time thing is is awesome god i wish you knew that um, that was like yeah i know right <laughs> it's a little, you wish you could enjoy your job um but also just to kind of talk on, on that last bit of um transitioning like being female now you learn some other things yeah going the other way and you know people seeing me you know because I, I passed very male, um, you know, it can definitely be kind of a flip of the coin in how some people act and talk and treat around you. So that's definitely a, an interesting thing that you you kind of learn and see from people when you're when you're transgender is how how much of that can change just going from one to the other. Uh, but again, that is a whole other subject we could probably talk for a while about. With the the psychologist, so the psychologist in me, I'm going to throw on some terminology here. Oh, uh, there's a concept in psychology called motivated reasoning, right? So everyone likes to pretend that we are cold, calculating, rational, logical machines, right? We're, we're ah. zeros and ones. We're we're perfectly logical, and motivated reasoning is just the opposite of that. Motivated reasoning is the idea that. Um, we, we, we selectively choose to use certain heuristics or algorithms. We selectively reason or use logic in particular ways to arrive at conclusions that we want to arrive at, right? The classic example is when you're, you're doing research for a term paper and you want to, you know, find a reference that agrees with you, you do a Google search for the thing you're looking for and you find it rather than looking for any sort of oppositional position. What's important to know is that motivated reasoning often happens kind of behind the scenes, right? That's why you can think and swear up and down you're being perfectly logical and reasoned. Um, but in the back of your mind, right, your mind is saying, well, I don't I don't want, you know, this could be bad or I want it to work out this way. So let's let's make them think they're being logical and reasonable and we'll just have it arrive at a conclusion. And I wonder how much of. Uh, the denial or, or not seeing aspect of yourself, uh, how much of that is is motivated reasoning, right? So how much of this is like, so is, is it truly that folks are like, you know, I, I had no idea or is it that inkling is there, but your 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 brain is, is, your mind is somehow kind of protecting you from where that could lead you and kind of just saying, no, 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 you're not, like, don't be silly, right? You know, so you're selectively forgetting 
that, you know, all those times where, oh, I was interested in the guy. It makes me wonder that about myself. Like, were there times when I was younger that maybe I was showing interest in guys, but I don't remember it because of selective recall, because of motivated reasoning. I didn't, you know, want to think of myself that way. So I just straight up don't remember it. Right. So I, I wonder how much about that is the case. I don't have an answer. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it makes you think it's kind of scary when you realize that you're, your brain, you, you, you're not privy to everything your brain does behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. It's really intriguing because I mean, it makes me think, it makes me think like the friendships or the different things that I had growing up. If, if some of those things were tied, you know, to my sexuality are during you, that time, are you friends with somebody because in the back of your head, you're just unaware that you're really, you know, you're, have a crush on them or something and that's i mean because yeah that's definitely something like your brain does because like you hear about kind of going off the topic a little bit but like you know when someone's like a victim of trauma or or things like that um there there can be like loss of of detail or information um, about the event or you know certain things and it's again it's like and then people will be like well i'm gonna go therapy or hypnotism to try and you know dig it out or whatever but it's definitely something that that your mind can do and you know it's shown in other studies and in other factors of life so i i definitely see that that is something maybe maybe our brains do and we just have no idea and it's just a way of protecting ourselves you know because of the environment we're in or or certain other things going on and you know it's definitely an interesting thought i like that well you guys guess what what chicken butt i think we need to take a break you mean a fake break it's all fake don't believe it no we're not going no, anywhere it's not fake. we're not going anywhere shh, shh. it's don't all real them. i swear i mean i take a break in my mind. Haha. All right. We'll be back in a few to uh, round out the episode with our final thoughts. We're not going anywhere. It's a lie. Shh. Don't tell them. had a break don't listen to nuka he's he's full of lies that break was even shorter than the previous break why are you lying to them yeah sammy you know what you know what you're lying to them because right here on the show notes nuka was supposed to bring us back nuka nuka bring us back bring us back no no rue's lying (laughs) (laughs) all right enough of that chaos um, so oh, I lied. we're just gonna do I lied, it does say Sammy oh, I was wrong yeah. <laughs> Forgive me Sorry, no. that was bad <laughs> Alright, well let's round this out With some uh, quick final thoughts um, Rue, let's start with you 
Uh, final thoughts. Um, you know what? We're all at our own um, point in our journey. And I think it's um, important for you to remember that you may have walked this path before. And it might be the first time that somebody else is walking this path. Be patient, understanding, be patient with yourself and um, give, give room to be able to learn and grow and never get stuck in your own ways. You know, there's a lot of opportunities out there for you to continue to grow. If, if I had not have taken, you know, maybe a rethought or re, you know, a reset in my thinking, I don't know if I would have ever have grown to um, be the person that I am today and to be accepting of who I am today. And I'm not saying that I'm 100% accepting of everything of myself. I'm always learning new things. Um, and I think that it's important for you to always be open to learning new things and also allowing the people that are around you to also continue to learn those new things as well. That that was pretty sappy, Rue. <laughs> what do you think then? You top that. Hmm. Uh I'm not a top. Top that so, final no? thought. <laughs> Smack no, it on I the wanna, butt. I, I, there you go. I want to hear Nuka's. Um I guess I would say just based on some, you know, my own experience and the experience of some of the folks who wrote in, um, it's it's complex. Humans are are messy. We're full of nuance. We contain multitudes. Um, there's not going to be one singular path into this, right? So, um, what your wrote into it might look like will differ very much from someone else's wrote. And I guess it's important to note that that doesn't make your route into it or your current identity any less valid or uh, any less true um at the end of the day um you know wherever you are in your journey you you got there through your own route it's going to look a little different for someone else's but uh don't let stereotypes or the, the the belief about what's normal or the belief about what uh you know a typical straight person looks like or heteronormativity or what a pansexual person or a trans person looks like um, don't let that sort of trip you up from sort of figuring yourself out and speaking your truth. All right, bottom, give us your final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I like being on the bottom. Now, um, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking about being on the bottom. <laughs> um, no, it's, you know, I definitely ditto to both. Rue and Nuka on this and it's it's weird like you know we're all a lot of us are taught a certain way of thinking um, when we're young and then we have to kind of break that and in a way kind of break ourselves a little bit to be able to go through all of these things and these journeys and these you know adventures of exploring and finding ourselves but at the end of the day, the one thing I always like to to be or like to say is like, there's no such thing as normal. There's no such thing as a set way of of being. Um, a lot of what is considered normal is just what you know 
people have done for a long time or just something somebody in power decided was how it should be or how things should be done. Um, You know, it's easier to say, oh, well, everyone else does that, so I should do it too. You know, at the end of the day, you don't know how many of those people are also at the same time saying, well, this is dumb. I don't want to do this. This is this is not me. So it's it's okay to not be normal because being normal is lame. And being a weirdo is way more fun and interesting. And <laughs> if people think you're weird for being yourself, then be weird and be yourself and just try to be happy because life is short and you know, we can only we only have so much time, so try and enjoy it as much as you can. That's that's my thought. That was pretty sappy, Sammy. Yeah, I know. <sighs> it's what you guys do to me. Sap. Sap. So um, lots of lovely, it, lovely, quick things for us to go through. We have our lovely mailbag. I am going to open up this mailbag. And what's inside? And the moth. The moths. Fly Nothing. Out. <laughs> Nothing. So we would love, and th- then that means that we get to take the time to send a lovely reminder that if you enjoy this episode, or if you have some thoughts about that you would like to share about the moment that you knew, please feel free to sh- still share those, and we'll make sure to include them in another episode. If you have some thoughts or opinions that you would like to share. Please keep them to yourself. We don't want to know. <laughs> Just kidding. Please go ahead and send <laughs> them in. We, we... I know. I was like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe if I use like, like you know, psychology, reverse, reverse psychology, psychology oh, okay. that okay. it would work. No, no thoughts and prayers. Just opinions. <laughs> yeah. Definitely don't fill our mailbag with emails that would read in the air we did we don't even want your stupid emails anymore so just yeah. don't you know i ever. also accept pictures of fortune cookies too that i might use in an episode so instead of me having to run downstairs for me to go run and grab my wallet <laughs> so that i oh, yeah. know where it is you can you feel free to send those things in but thank you for the people that did send emails for this episode let me tell you um it makes our jobs as hosts so much easier how much work? I mean, I know you put a lot of work, Sammy, but you put a lot of... How much work did you have to put into this episode because you had emails? Well, it does make it easier, but it's also, you know, you want to make sure you time them out just right. It's true, but it makes the, the episode a little bit easier because you have you have content to be able to share. So, Well, and it's it's nice to be able to hear... How other people think and feel about things, and especially, you know, on some of these subjects where, you know, we have our thoughts and our feelings and our experiences, and, you know, they're great, but it's also fun to hear other experiences and how, how things go for other people. We we enjoy hearing from, you know, you guys and what you're doing and the things you're up a dialogue with the audience. Yeah, like, and it doesn't, like, if you want to send an email to doesn't have to be about this episode it can be about other episodes we've done or if you're like holy shit this thing happened and i need to share it with somebody you know do it send it to us or future episodes we usually post on on twitter uh or facebook or mainly our telegram that will uh let people know what our next episode is going to be about so 
keep keep in touch with us there and we'll um and then you'll know what what we're going to be talking about next hey there folks nuka here heading with a little bit of housekeeping for for what it's worth uh first of all remember that for what it's worth would not be possible without the support feedback and interaction of listeners like you and our wonderful fan community. You can check out all of our past episodes, plus learn more about the show, its host, and what's coming up next on the show on our website, forwhatitsworth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at forwhatitsworth, no spaces, uh, to get updates on upcoming episodes, to hear latest news about the show, or to get some opportunities to contribute to upcoming episodes. You can also join our Telegram channel where we regularly chat about uh, the upcoming show episodes and random topics and just an opportunity to chat with our friend, uh, chat with our fans. Uh, if you want to be on the Telegram channel, just contact Rue at WineRedFox on Telegram, all one word, uh, and you'll get added to the Telegram channel. Note that you have to be 18 years of age or older to join the Telegram group. If you want to send us an email uh, or contribute to the mailbag or just get in touch with us in any way, the easiest way to do that is with our email, uh, cast at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, or you can email any of the specific cast members by just putting their name. So for me, it would be Nuka at forwhatitsworth.com. Or for Rue, it would be Rue at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, if you want to send us an audio file to be played instead of an email, or if you want to uh, contribute to the idents that play throughout the show, uh, you can upload a recording to us directly through SpeakPipe. That's speakpipe.com slash F-W-I-W. So you can put a little recording on there and we can use your voice rather than trying to uh, read it in our own tired voices. Uh, finally, the best way you can help out the show directly is by sharing it with your friends. Our audience grows every episode through word of mouth. So uh, if you like this episode or if you think you know someone who might be interested in this or any other episodes, uh, let them know where to find us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep an eye on the on the social medias, guys. They're uh, <laughs> for all of our announcements and things for for what our episodes are going to be. Um, we try to make sure we send it out uh, far enough in advance for your for people to send in emails for for the topic we're going to be on. Um, but again, thank you for the emails. We we love getting them. Um, I think that is going to be it for this episode. Awesome. Well, what so, you guys don't know is that well, even after we sign off, everything just continues. We continue to talk. Oh. It's just alive. It just right? keeps Nuka. going forever. It is. <laughs> we're is just it? we're just constantly like on the phone with each other, like twenty four seven. Wait, we're on it the phone. Never stop. Well, Telegram, like you know, on the on the phone there, because I don't know. You can, I cease to exist when this show stops. So. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Nuke just disappears. Canada doesn't really exist. <laughs> it's a figment of our imagination. It's attack. Canada's attack. No, it has yeah. to exist. That's that's where we get like poutine. Poutine's amazing. <sighs> so I'm told. <laughs> so you're told. Have you not had poutine? I, have a, I literally have a sign on my door that says I love Gem poutine. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna end this chaos train. Thanks everybody for listening. We we appreciate all of you sticking around with us, and uh, we'll hopefully be filling your ears soon with more words. But for now, this has been Sammy. This has been real. 
None of this is real. It's all fake. Buy gold, buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. <laughs> I think that was Nuka. And this has been... For what it's worth. For what it's what worth. It's, buy gold. <laughs> For what it's buy gold.